Anyway, it's good to see you today. Did had anybody read through the book of Ephesians this past week in one sitting? You did that in one sitting. Anybody? Okay, thank you. The two of you that did it. Good job. And uh, see me afterwards and I'll give you a gift card for a donut or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but, uh, but no, we, part of what we're talking about is in order to properly understand the Word of God, you need to understand the context of it. You need to understand the purpose of it. And, and different books of the Bible have different genres, right? So some of a genre is just a fancy. You understand that by, by your playlist that you pick out for the music you want to listen to. A genre is a different style, right? And, and so there are different style books in the Bible. And based on what style of book you're looking at, you ought to study it slightly different. And, and so when you look at an epistle in the New Testament, it was a letter written by an apostle that was meant to re- be read like a letter from start to finish. And so one of the things that kind of trips us up are our chapters and verses because we tend to say, I'm going to read one chapter a day. You know, so you interrupted a thought, the apostle Paul's got his mouth open, he gets to the end of a line and you stop. And you leave Paul hanging right there. And, and so the idea behind reading the book of Ephesians all the way through is that you, you, you capture the flow of thought from start to, bin- to, to finish. Um, let me just say, uh, any of you uh, like to read in the room? Okay, thank you. Uh, for those of you that like to read, there's a book that I wish I'd, I had read back when I was probably in middle school, but I didn't read it until I was in my 40s or 50s. It's simply called How to Read a Book. Mortimer Adler uh, was probably written in the 40s. And, uh, and in that book, he describes for you how you ought to interact with the author, how that you ought to, to study what the book looks like, look at the title, look at the back, look at what's on the inside, read the table of contents, and, and then decide what the author is going to talk about and then interact with them all the way through. And then what I found was uh, my reading got faster uh, my reading got more, uh, I, I gathered more understanding. I retained more because I was interacting with the text rather than just going, <sighs> you know, I captured the, the flow of thought and I could get a hold of it. And the reason I'm mentioning this in, in regards to Ephesians is because when you look at Ephesians chapter one, and we're getting to the latter half of, of Ephesians chapter one today, um, it's really the table of contents for the rest of the letter. Paul's going to mention some things in, in the Ephesians chapter 1 that he's going to develop further down in the letter. And so, but if you don't see it as the table of contents, if you don't see and look for words that are going to be picked up later, you'll, you'll just see them as disconnected verses without really gathering and, and getting a hold of the meaning that God has for you there. And after all, this is the word of God, right? I mean, this isn't just, I'm going to read a magazine or I've got some kind of a, I've got some kind of a, a you know, a blog that I'm going to read. This is the word of God. We need to get a hold of this, right? So we, we said last week that Ephesians is the blueprint for the church. And so just last week, we touched on a few of these. Now, uh, I, let me hasten to mention, I'm using the, the YouVersion app. So if you have the YouVersion app on your phone for Bible reading, you can click on a little, uh, the little three little dots over on the bottom right that says more. You can click on more. And on the events tab, you'll see Lighthouse VA pop up. Those are our notes for this service. So there, there are written notes, but we don't have enough room on that half sheet to put everything. We'll have a lot of 
of it on the screen, but the Uversion app, app has the most, okay? So just wanted to give you a heads up. Now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk through uh, these verses, and then we're going to spend some time at the end of the service to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, because that's really what the Apostle Paul talks about, and we want to go to application. We want to go to, we want to act on this word, right? How many of you know it's important not just to hear the word, but be a doer of the word, right? This, is, this isn't just, we're, we're going we're gonna to grow your cranium day. This is, we're going we're gonna to let the Holy Spirit have, what, uh, have his way in our lives day. That's what he wants to do. So uh, down in your notes, our, uh, this, is, uh, this is review. Our position, according to Paul, from the first several, chap uh, several verses we read last week, we are blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are redeemed. We are beneficiaries of his mysteries. We, uh, we have wisdom, knowledge, and his will made available to us, and we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. These are all themes that Paul mentions in the, the very first probably 12 verses that we went over last week. Now, the reason that this is important for you and I to get a, a hold of is at first, the, the things that God does are just words to us. They're just, huh, that's interesting to think about. But there's a world of difference between a person who, who grew up as an orphan not knowing their family and somebody that grew up in a solid family structure. Would you agree with me? And sometimes those things don't show up until later on in life. I started the, the story last week talking about Deanna Schrodes not knowing her birth father and, and, then, uh, and then meeting her birth father, and he's, what, 91 years old, and now she's gone up to Richmond and brought him home to Florida to live with her, not, not having him in her life at all for all of these years. And she's probably late 50s, early 60s, and now, and now she looks at him every day. How amazing is this to have this reunion at this season of life, right? And so, so it's, it's a different lifestyle for a person that understands that, they, that, that I know my people and my people's people and my people's people's people versus somebody that's disconnected from their family at all, right? And, and, and has no connection whatsoever. And, and so what, what the word of the Lord is, God doesn't want you just Knowing about adoption, he wants you to feel adopted. He doesn't want you to have head knowledge that you're chosen. He wants you to feel the uniqueness that he has put on your life, that his thumbprint is on your life, and there is not one that you have to ever have to worry about comparing yourself with because you're chosen by God. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, then, then the old is gone and the new has come. You have no yesterdays. Isn't that good news? And yet many times we walk through life and let the devil eat our lunch because we, we don't experience those, those elements in our life. So I just wanted to give you a little rehearsal for that. So the Holy Spirit not only seals us, this is where we ended last week, for our safety and authenticity, he reveals heaven's resources for us. Now, I'm just going to read through these verse, few, first few verses and comment on them, okay? So we're going to go together. Um, you ready? Two of you ready. You ready? Okay, let's go. 
For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now let me stop there for a second. So the Apostle Paul is talking to other believers and he says, I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, right? That's what it takes in order to become a believer. Um, This is obvious, but I'm pointing it out to you. This isn't written to people who don't know God. So we talked about predestination last week, and we talked about people who are knowing God, and he said, you're predestined to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God doesn't stop halfway. He doesn't start things and not finish them. He's the author, and he's the finisher of our faith. And so the Apostle Paul says, I apologize. I'm going to back up a little bit. I don't know why, but I've been spitting a bit today. Y'all are in the splash zone, just so you know. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just get excited and hmm, who knows, right? The anointing hits and I slobber like a cow. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. This is the posture of a spiritual father. A spiritual father who, who cares about the faith of, of his descendants or, or his spiritual children. He cares about what's going on in their soul. He cares about what's going on in their minds. He cares about what's going on in their lives. Any parents out there, raise your hand. Flap your wing, whatever you want to do. You're a parent. And, and so you know that what your kids go through, you go through. You, you know that whatever they're experiencing, you're feeling it. You have no power over it, but you're experiencing it, right? And so the Apostle Paul, what does he do? He says, and this is very important that you and I can get a hold of this because God wants to teach us about his fatherhood. Paul says, and he's modeling God's fatherhood, I pray with thanksgiving. I pray with thanksgiving for you. Come on, you know, one of the things that happens as soon as we start to see things going sideways in our kids' lives is we get, we get grieving on the inside or we get ticked off. You know better than that. Knock it off. And, that, and sometimes you have to say knock it off. That's a parent's job. We can't be buddy-buddy all the time, right? We, but he said, I pray with thanksgiving. If you want to temper your prayers, remember every time you go to the Lord in prayer for your child, you start with thanksgiving. You start thanking God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you children are heritage from the Lord and they're a blessing from God and I thank you for them. And you mention them each by name with thanksgiving. Why? Because that will temper those strong feelings of they're not going the way they ought to go. You want to give them a holy kick in the hinder parts. But the thanksgiving will allow you to say, oh, I'm, I, I first and foremost recognize this child as a gift of God, and, and they are not just my gift, they are God's gift. I'm a steward of this child. I'm a steward of their life. And, and so, God, I thank you that you chose me, and even though I don't know what to do to say what needs to be said to them right now, I thank you for their life. I thank you that I'm involved in it. I thank you that I'm a steward of it. And, and you begin to pray with thanksgiving. It's so important. Why? Can I just tell you another thing? You'd never understand the fatherhood of God unless you had kids of your own. I've had so many times while I'd be praying for my kids. I was like, God, don't you see? He's like, now you know how I feel. 
I got 7.2 billion out there who don't call home. Right? The fatherhood of God. You wouldn't understand the parent heart of God unless you had your own kids. You, you, it, it, it takes it to another level, right? It takes it to another level. But you start by praying with thanksgiving and believing for their faith to develop. And, and so that's what Paul's going to do. And he's going to talk to us about why we need to develop that faith. He said in verse 17, I keep asking that, God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now, I, you know, there's a whole Western mindset that we just inherited carte blanche from our educational system, from everything that we came up in. We think like Americans, we think like Westerners, if this is where you're raised from, or if you're educated in an American institution, there's a Western mindset that comes along with that. And it has a lot to do with our rugged individualists. You know, a, a, a good action movie in America always has a hero or a heroine. It, 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 you know, we don't celebrate a lot teamwork or the group of it all it's always you know in in another generation you know uh the, you know it's it's the john wayne it's the lone ranger it's that we celebrate we celebrate the one and what ends up happening in our in our thinking kind of in our psyche is that you know it's it's that leader it's that hero that at that moment makes the right move knows exactly what to do um, pushes on through and everything is against the odds and so we celebrate not just the person but the plan oh that was a cool plan yeah they executed it well they did it right and so what paul is saying here is that you and i need a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know jesus better you know, sometimes when we get before the Lord and we're struggling because we don't know what to do next and God doesn't want to give us a what, he wants to give us a who. Your answer is found in Jesus. Your answer, your solution is always found in the person of the Lord Jesus, number one, and secondly, in the body of Christ. We're going we're gonna to see that. In fact, let's jump right to it now. Look, uh, look with me down to uh, verse 22. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So where, when we get before the Lord, and we're usually there because of we, we're coming up short. We're coming up short with money. We're coming up short with answers. We're coming up short with what's going on with our kids. We're coming up short, and we just, God, just show me what to do. Anybody ever pray that? I pray that a lot. And yet Paul says the spirit of wisdom and revelation will be given so that you can know him better. You are connected to the head of the church for a reason. Not so that you could run around and be impressive in your own strength. But so that you could always pull, you could always point to him and give glory to him. If you had any wisdom, it's because he gave it. If you had any revelation, it's because it comes from him. If you have any success in your life at all, it's because he put breath in your lungs. He gave you a certain set of skill sets and he plopped you down into a favored environment where you could, you could see some things happen. It all comes from him. And so when we get our wisdom and we get our revelation, it's so that we can know him better. He is the focus of our faith. He's got, he's got to be, everything we do has to be attended by, you know what, and, and I didn't get here because I'm smart. 
you're seeing this, but you don't, you don't see the frailty. You don't see what's broken. You don't see how it doesn't work behind the scenes. You don't see the math that I bring to the table. You don't see any of that. You just see the end results. But can I just tell you, it's all because of him. And that's your testimony and it's mine too, right? And so we want that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know him together. But understanding that the wisdom of God is sitting next to you as well. That the Bible says that the manifold wisdom of God is the church, right? That can't halfway get along sometimes. That fights over the colors of the carpet. That fights over this and fights over that. But yet God says that the church is the manifold wisdom of God. That there would be no delivery system for the gospel. That God is not going to send angels to come down here and do the work of the church. That, that he only has a plan to use frail human beings to get anything accomplished in the earth. That's God's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. Crazy, isn't it? What a God. He's got a lot of faith in us. No, he's got a lot of faith in Jesus through us to accomplish what it is that he says can be accomplished. Amen? Think about it. Just think about it. You have an assignment in the Lord. You thought I was going to give you one, right? The test is next week. No. You have assignment in the Lord, and your assignment is to sing a two-part harmony the, entire, the entirety of your life with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and you. God sees the two of you moving together. He sees the two of you working together on his plan, in his purposes. And, it, and it's never just all about you, and it's never just about the Holy Spirit. When you and I talk, it's about the Holy Spirit. And it's about what God has accomplished. But when God sees you, he says, you're the person that I want to work with. And this is how we're going to work together. And the spirit of wisdom and revelation connected in with the rest of the body of Christ is how I'm going to do what I do. Let me talk with you about uh, this idea of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The, the Hebrews had this understanding. We think, oh, is that two separate spirits? No, it's the same spirit in, in different functions. So in Isaiah chapter 11, it says the spirit, this is talking about Jesus actually, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, or decide by what he hears with his ears. The, the, the actual, um, how many of you have ever seen a menorah? You know what I'm talking about? The, 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 the Jewish lampstand, we call it a lampstand or menorah. And, and it's the, it, it's the, you know, it's that one, it's that one stem that had other stems off of it, right? And, and so all of them would be lit up. Um, this is the idea the, uh, the menorah is actually a kind of a picture of Isaiah chapter 11. That you see that it's one spirit of the Lord, but it's all of these other lamps that are lit alongside that the Holy Spirit lights up in your life and mine. So one day I, I can be praying and God gives me a spirit of wisdom. I see the big picture. I see the end. Uh, I, I see the end from the beginning. Some days I need the spirit of understanding because I don't see exactly how this needs to work out, but God gives me understanding about how it needs to work out. Some days, I, I just need knowledge. Lord, there's, there's something that should be happening right now. What is it? And an idea comes. 
I, I see a gap that I didn't see before as I'm staring at this thing. Sometimes the most beneficial thing you can do is stare and pray. You stare and pray. And an idea comes. Huh, I think. Or a phone number of a friend. I just feel like I'm supposed to call you today. And, you know, and that person's like, man, you were on my mind this morning. You know what? That, that's the Lord. That's the Lord connecting you to a piece, a, par, a, a person that has a piece of that grace, a piece of that plan, right? Um, verse 22, going back to Ephesians 1, uh, we read, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. In order for us to grasp what God has done in Christ, we need somebody to teach us. And I'm not talking about a human teacher or a pastor or a preacher, as good as those are. You need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to have a relationship with the person who wrote all 66 books. You need to know the author. You need to know him well. You need to understand how he thinks. You need to understand how he moves. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that will reveal Christ to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says that if, if, you, uh, if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, then the things of God are foolishness to you. It doesn't matter, doesn't make any sense, right? Think about, I was, I was thinking about this old hymn. And can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's blood? Died he for me who caused his pain. And it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, how far away from God I was and how it was that Jesus paid the price for my sin. Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? Right? Sorry about the unknown keys. You You can interpret and here's, here's the reality, right? Here's the reality. How is it that 2,000 years ago, a man lived and died, and we're still talking about him today? How is that? That is the work of the Holy Spirit, who reveals the blood of Jesus and forgiveness of sin and, and how you can be clean and free and reveals the resurrection that Jesus is alive and he's Lord, and that you and I still talk about him 2,000 years later. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. You and I have no interest in anything that's happening on that side of the world unless it affects us. And yet it did affect us 2,000 years ago. Because of the Holy Spirit, he makes real the workings of Almighty God. And so you and I need that same Holy Spirit that convicts us in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. We need him on the inside to reveal to us what our next steps are. What our attitude ought to be. How, what job to take and what not to take. What relationships to get involved with. What relationships to leave alone. We need that, right? You know, somebody once said, do, do, do you need to uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, in order to go to heaven? No, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> Don't leave home without him. Don't leave home without him. You know, uh, the word says, let's talk about what wisdom is. Um, if you look at, uh, this isn't in your notes, but in James chapter 3, it's in, it is in your Bible, it's just not in your notes. Uh, James chapter 3, verse uh, 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done and the humility that comes from wisdom. 
But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, in quotes there, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. So when you and I think about Holy Spirit, give me a spirit of wisdom. We're asking for the same kind of wisdom that God describes in James chapter 3. If you're looking at at that disorder, if you're looking at the unrest, if you're looking at two people fighting against one another, that's not the wisdom of God. Right? I, I wanted to say in, uh, you know, in this passage, the spirit of wisdom is everything that's on the side of Galatians 5.22, which is the fruit of the spirit. And all you have to do is look a little bit ahead of that and see what the works of the flesh look like. And that's what it looks like without the Holy Spirit. It's very, it's very clear. You can see it very clearly. And so when you and I are walking in to a situation, do I see the wisdom of God here? Well, how are people treating one another? Are they working through their stuff and getting along and, and ironing out the wrinkles? Because, hey, you want to go into a situation that's going to be wrinkle-free? It ain't going to happen. If there are no wrinkles, it's because people have learned to work their stuff out. We've been through some stuff together, you and I. We got on the other side of it, right? We live to tell about it, and we're stronger because of it, right? But you can't just let it exist and not deal with it because that's not the wisdom of God. Let me read to you about the spirit of wisdom. Ecclesiastes says in verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 8, the end of a matter is better than its beginning, and patience is better than pride. Ho, 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 ho. I didn't see until I preached this in the 8 o'clock. I always pray, Lord, while I'm preaching, would you please speak? It ought to be an obvious thing when a, when a preacher preaches, right? But sometimes preachers are full of themselves instead of the Holy Spirit. Did I just say that? That's why you got to judge for yourself. That's why you got to have the Spirit of the Lord on the inside of you. Just because somebody's got their Bible open and their mouth is moving doesn't mean it's coming from God. So, when I was preaching this in the eight o'clock service, the end of a, I never saw the, this is a fancy word, I never saw the juxtaposition. That's why you sent me to school so I could say juxtaposition. I never saw the juxtaposition between pride and patience before. It didn't hit me till I was talking about it in the middle of the service. Just think about it. How many times have, have you heard somebody say, come on, let's just go do that thing. And in that moment, if you'll stop and listen, the, the urgency is not coming from patience, it's coming from pride. They're saying, I got this already. I already know what to do. But do you know what timing is the Lord's, isn't it? Timing is the Lord's. That's why James said, don't don't say we're going to go tomorrow and we're going to do business here and we're going to do that. He said, better to say if it's the Lord's will, we'll make this decision and we'll go do business here and we'll go do that. I never saw these two tensions, but when you read James chapter 3, that's why you always have to compare Scripture against Scripture. You just find that, that James says wisdom that is from above is pure and peace-loving. It's not, it's not arguing. It's not full of envy or, or selfish ambition. So selfish ambition happens when our pride gets the best of us, right? We go, oh, I, I, 
I'm going to do that. It's my answer. You got to have my solution. You got to do it my way, right? And so uh, Paul says in Ephesians 3.10, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Can I tell you, if Lucifer got kicked out of heaven for pride, do you think pride ought to be in the body of Christ anywhere? And God wants to prove through his church his wisdom. His wisdom. And if we're going to build the church that Jesus wants us to build, and if you are going to walk out your assignment of a two-part harmony with Jesus, and you're going to walk out your mission, and you're going to bring glory to God through your life because you have a ministry. You have a ministry. You, you have things that God has called you to do. You have things that he's going he's gonna to talk to you about one day when you see him. And can I just tell you, when I think about standing before him, the fear of God comes on me. Not because of my sin, but because all of, of all the time that I, I should have been doing the thing that he wanted me to do and I was lollygagging. Or I was too afraid to step out and do what it was I knew I was called to do. I stuck my hands in my pockets when I should have extended them. I didn't make a decision that I should have made even though I knew it was the right decision. You and I are all going to have those things. We're going to stand before the Lord. You have a ministry. You have good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do, Ephesians chapter 2. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It ought to flow out, out of your life. And so wisdom sees the latter end of the matter. And God says all of that package together is the church, which is the manifold wisdom of God that's been made known. And we're a demonstration before every principality and power that this is how you do it. We're not going to build according to man's standards. We're going to build according to God's. We're not going to build according to our strength. We're going to build according to God's. We're not going to build in our own understanding. We're going to build according to God's understanding. And all of us have an open book test. How did, what, we, how did you arrive at these ideas? Well, it says here that if you lack wisdom, you just ask God. And he gives it generously. And he doesn't find fault with you. And say, why'd you come back again today? It's Father, I, I only want to do it your way, right? Lastly, and then we're going to, we're going to pray this morning. The spirit of revelation helps us by revealing the connections and things that are, and I used a word here, transrational and supernatural. The word trans has a bad connotation today, but it's, uh, you know, all truth is God's truth and trans is not a bad word in God's mind. God wants you and I to understand things that are beyond, beyond our understanding. You ever, we talk about the peace that passes all understanding, right? We, 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 we sung about it earlier, having a joy and a peace that makes no sense. People say, you, you're foolish not to worry right now. No, I'm trusting. I have a choice. I can either walk in faith or I can walk in fear. I can either shake in my boots or I can, I can turn that anxiety into a prayer and I can trust God, amen? 
And, and so, uh, so transrational just means that you know things that your mind doesn't know, but your heart understands. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you those connections as it relates to your life, as it relates to, your church, to the church, as it relates to what's going on. I've I, I had so many, so many parents that told me, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me things about my kids and, and, and to pray and then to, to go back and talk to them. How did they get that? They didn't get that from their noggin. They got that because the Holy Spirit showed them. You know, kids, you need to concern yourselves because if you got a praying mom, they know more about what's going on in your life than you think. You think you're hiding stuff. You ain't hiding nothing because God sees it all. God's got her ear. Look out. We, we need the spirit of revelation. We, we need, God has called us to walk in more than our own understanding. Hello? Right, And so we need the spirit of revelation on our lives so that we can walk in the things that God says are already ours. He's already purchased it. It's part of your inheritance in God. And so the things for which our understanding has limits, but God who is unlimited can reveal to us uh, so that we can benefit by them and walk with them. Let uh, let me uh, read the last part of the verse and then we're going to stand and pray this morning. it says that uh, that that power is like the working of his mighty strength, the end of verse 19, verse 20, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And it says that God placed all things under his feet. Your problems today are already under the feet of Jesus. Your challenges today are already under the feet of Jesus. You just need to know how to walk out and enforce what it is that Jesus has already been made available, right? This is the finished work of Christ that we're talking about. And, uh, and, and he has appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He fills everything in every way. In Christ, this is a, another passage, I think this is Colossians 1. Uh, in Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. You're not lacking anything. There's nothing that you have need of that isn't covered in Jesus, right? And if you and I will ask God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, we will know what's already been made available to us. Well, Pastor Ken, you don't know about my lack. Yeah, but God does. I don't know exactly what your circumstance needs, but well, you and I tend to go tactical, and God wants us to understand his fullness. He wants us to understand the reality of God. That's why, the, you know, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, right? So he's out talking to his disciples, and they're thinking about, what are we going to have for lunch? Consider the lilies of the field. Jesus. I'm talking about lunch. What should I do for retirement? Look at the birds of the air. They don't store up. Your heavenly father, make sure they have what they... In light of heaven, what should earth look like? This is why we need a spirit of wisdom and revelation. God wants us to look to him so that he can fill in our blanks with his fullness. Our blanks with his fullness. Wherever the gap is, fill it in with his fullness. Amen? Can we just stand right here where we're at? If you've never said yes to Jesus, none of what I just said makes sense to you at all. Because it's the person of the Holy Spirit that connects all those dots. And can I just say to you that you 
It's as simple. He's made it so simple. He said, he's, he said, if you just believe, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you have access. You have access. You have access as, as good of an, an access as any saint in history. Think about a Billy Graham. Think about a, a, a great Christian leader that's been in the Lord for 40, 50 years and had a, an, an amazing journey. They got there because they had the same access that you and I get as soon as we say yes to God, right? Let's just bow our heads right now and let's just welcome him. Let's just welcome him. Holy Spirit wants to give you wisdom and he wants to give you revelation so that you might know him better. Some of you have lived aloof from the body of Christ. This is me making an observation. Some of you have lived aloof from the body of Christ and your solutions are not just, I wish I had a plan. Your solutions are embodied in living epistles that sit around you. And you're going to hear their testimonies and Holy Spirit is going to show you his wisdom. He's going to show you what you need to do next. There are people that are connected in the body of Christ. Jesus is manifesting his life through them and you need to get connected with them. So that means maybe the wisdom of God is a phone call today. The revelation is who to call, but the wisdom of God is connected in their lives. They're already walking in what it is that you have need of. Father, we just pray right now. Would you say this out loud with me, Lord Jesus? I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. I want to know you more. I want to walk in all that you have for me. I want to walk in my inheritance. I want to walk with strength. I want to walk with peace. I want to walk with joy. I want the love of God to flow through my life so that you might receive the glory. So release to me a spirit of wisdom and revelation right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just pray for your people that you would minister to them. I pray, Lord, that you would take them deeper in you. I pray that scriptures, Lord God, that had just passed by their understanding before would, would make more sense than they ever have. I pray that relationships that, that they, they sensed a, a God stamp on, but they weren't quite uh, sure what to do with it, that, that that relationship would come back in full circle for them now and that they would say, ah, now I know and I need to make that phone call. Father, I just pray that you would help us to gather around ourselves a constellation of mentors, people who speak into our lives, people in whom we see the handiwork of God, that we see the character of God, and that we could tap into it, not just for ourselves, but for them. Lord, there's, a, uh, there's an exchange that you want to take place in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the gifts and the graces that are in this room. Thank you, Lord God, that you're showing us how to connect with one another, how to fuel one another, feed one another, minister to one another. Thank you, Lord, for a divine transfer taking place back and forth, Lord God, like synapses in, 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 the, in those neurons in our brain that, that, that just fire back and forth and how we, we connect and how we move together as one in the body of Christ under one head. Father, we thank you right now for releasing life 
life. We thank you for releasing hope. We thank you, Lord God, that you have, uh, you have more in store than what we had last week. Lord, you want to connect us supernaturally with people, and you're going to cause business transactions to happen this, this week. You're going to cause provision to begin to flow. You're going to position us for that next season of our lives. Lord, whatever that looks like, spirit, soul, body, that next season, you're going to position us for that. We thank you for that right now, Lord. You see everything. You see it all, Lord. You see what we need and how we need one another. And I ask you for your fullness to manifest in this house like never before, God. Lord, you're bringing us into a season here at Lighthouse, Lord, so that we can be a blessing in our community, so that we can not only be blessed, so that we can be on the side of 17 and be blessed, but so that we can uh, we can uh, touch the neighborhoods and the nations together, and we can show what that looks like. Let there be a pattern that is raised up in this house that echoes through eternity, Lord God, and echoes into the nations and echoes into the communities, God, for your glory and your name's sake, God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, have your way, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. The spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you better in Jesus' name.